1: Hey, Corey. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm super excited about this episode. This is a part of starting a three-part series, really just focused on management and why it's so vitally important. Before we kind of get into that and kind of what we're going to talk about today specifically, which is going to be student housing and how that's different than just regular multifamily, but can you just take a brief moment because, listen, you've been doing this business for over 30 years and I would love everybody, my audience, to kind of get a little bit more. I know I gave you an introduction, but it probably didn't give it justice. So in your own words, tell us who Stacy is.
2: Well, I am a mother of two and a wife, been married almost 30 years as well. But in my professional world, I have been in the industry for coming up on 30 years. The first part of my career started in the multifamily space, or what is also known as the conventional environment. And I worked in that setting for... About eight or nine years. And then in the year 2000, I moved over to the student space. And that's where I've been ever since. I really love the student housing part of our industry. It is fast paced, keeps me on my toes, keeps me young, just because our demographic will will do that to you. But that's a very brief overview of my background. I have been at Asset Living for six years, and it's my home and excited to finish out my career in the student space here.
1: Now, I know you glossed over 30 years in the trenches. (laughs) I mean, 30 years. You don't do something, anything for 30 years unless you're passionate about it, right?
2: Right. A home is the most important thing, I think, in someone's life to provide stability and a foundation. You have to be able to confident when you lay your head on your pillow that you're living where you need to live and so the minute i got i joined the industry i knew it was exactly where i wanted to be just because i love
1: helping people yeah, find that's a home. very cool and really it translates what we're going to really go into is how student housing student living or whatever you want to call it is really so much different than regular just regular multifamily. and if you can let's just take that topic and then we'll we'll kind of expand it. But from your point of view, a high level, 30,000 feet level, how is it so different from just regular multifamily?
2: So there's a couple of ways I could answer that, but from the resident perspective, it's very different. We, of course, our customers or our residents. They are adults, but they're young adults. And so unlike the other sectors of real estate, we are partnering with these young adults to support their higher education. And so often, you know, this is their first time away from home. And so we have to understand and navigate those waters a little bit differently than what you typically would experience in the multifamily setting. And so our programming, um, you know, quality res life, robust res life programs that socially engage them, create good study habits, build relationships, growth beyond their academics is what's very meaningful and powerful um, to what we do each day.
1: Yeah, so it's a way higher calling. So where the rubber hits the pavement, this is at the property level, like you have the management side of things and that's a little bit more cumbersome, but really at the point where the kids are coming, mom and dad comes in with son or daughter, and I'm getting ready to go through this for the first time. Like, my daughter's 18 or 17 and a half, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, she's a senior, and we're getting ready to go through it now. And I'm telling you, I watched my wife. It's like an emotional roller coaster. One day she's super excited, like, oh, she's going to go on this. She's like nervous and biting her nails. And, like, our daughter's going to go out and start making choices all on her own, right? And so, when you're looking for the housing side of it, It all of a sudden goes up like 10 levels on the Richter scale of what I think my needs are.
2: Right. Well, I've just went through that myself. I have a sophomore in college and what I realized is my daughter is now my customer And I'm also, you know, my own customer and put your parent hat on and it does change the total dynamics. And so I think that's one of the reasons I also love being in the student space is I'm able to put my parent hat on and see it through the eyes of they're dropping their babies off at school. And while, you know, they've prepared for this for 18 years, you still want to have parents have faith in that what you're doing, that you are, they're turning their babies over to somebody that has their best interest at heart and the right programming and the right environment conducive to studying and feeling like, you know, they're going to be taken care of.
1: And really, because that's what you're saying. That's the question. So my wife just went, like, on three different tours of this property. This is in Flagstaff. We live in Phoenix, so NAU. And she's there, and she's like, okay, so what the options are available? And what she's really asked herself is just those things. Is my daughter going to have a good learning experience? Meaning, and is she going to be able to make friends? Because, listen, like, there's not only just we need housing, but is this going to be a place? What's our options? One is the campus, right? Like live on mm-hmm. the dorms. We'll call them the dorms. We all know the dorms suck, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I think everybody can lay their hands. Have you ever been in a dorm? I mean, it's probably a great first experience. But if you cannot have that experience, <laughs> I think most people choose what we do, Right.
2: Right. I think if you pick the right uh, apartment community that you do your homework and they have the right programs to socially engage and, again, to support good learning, study rooms, and the right types of activities that support learning, but also the social piece, it's super important to do your homework.
1: Yeah, we're not trying to have big-ass parties at our properties. We're trying to have social engagement.
2: Yeah, yeah. We do grocery bingo. We do fun, wholesome things. But you'd be surprised at first, you think, do the students really want to do that? And they do. They want to come down and do the fun kind of throwback activities and just things where they can meet yeah, other it people. It really is
1: about trying to connect. Because, and why is that important for a properties? So their aspect, as the owner-operators aspect, why is it important to get these kids engaged and make friends?
2: Well, you want to build community and for just taking it aside and putting the business hat on. You want to do that because it creates loyalty and retention. And so not only are we doing what we are hired to do and what parents expect us to do, but we're also building value for our client like yourself. And so by having quality programs and having all the best practices that have come from our lessons learned adds value to your property because residents want to stay there. And that's our goal is to see them through to their graduation.
1: Bingo, right? So listen, it's way easier to keep a tenant than to go find a new one. Actually, less costly, right? That's right. If you create a community where people they're in socially engaged, they have good things. It's we've got to also police it a little bit, right? So part of the other part is making right. sure that we have it's clean, safe, and disciplined. I'll call it disciplined. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but what all those things.
2: Right, you have to have structure. You don't want it to feel like they're in jail or that they don't have autonomy and the ability to have some fun but there has to be structure and a discipline. There has to be rules, yes. And
1: Mom and dad probably like the rules more so than the kids, but...
2: (laughs) Probably so, but I think I'd like to have faith and believe that our residents want to live in a nice environment. And so part of having rules is what creates that and taking pride in their home. And so one of the things when we're staffing, we look for team members who know how to balance that, how to make it feel like a great community, but keep everything in order. And I know my colleague Jason is going to talk a little bit about the people piece, but certainly the ability to attract the right talent to maintain the property is important for both you as the owner and our resident's
0: At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room.
1: Yeah, because affecting these, the extra stuff, the curricular stuff, right? That takes, and you want to be warm, inviting, and you got to find the right people person that's all about, hey, let's get everybody together and create this fun thing and that residents come to love. And here's what I know, at least from my side of as an operator and owner, is that I know when tenants meet other tenants and they have fun and they feel like it's home, they stay. And they stay their whole college career. They don't look to go find another thing because they're like, no, no, this works fine. Like We like this environment, right?
2: That's right. Yeah. I mean, it just boils down to that. And again, we go back to the balance. We don't want to have animal house type of environment, but there's a way to allow them to have fun, but still also remain focused on why they're really there, which is to go to school, get a higher education, make mom and dad proud and create a bright future for themselves.
1: And so from the parents aspect too, I got to think that's just also so important. They come usually when they're visiting properties, a lot of times they are with parents, right? Like it shows What are these amenities? And so then that takes the right person to be able to point out all the things these properties are offering and making mom and dad feel more and more comfortable, right?
2: Right. I mean, one of the things we go back to the beginning of when we opened up here and talking about how different it is, and we talked about how our resident base are young adults, but we also, we're managing the parents too. They're also part of our everyday setting. Parents are, these days are definitely more involved. And so our teams have to be able to navigate the balance between our actual resident and then their parents who are typically the guarantors and knowing that we're going to hear from them too. So where we, in multifamily, you might have one resident. In student, you know, for each bed space, is like you have three.
1: Three residents for every little deal. Right. We'll go back to the people. This takes a, a special person to mm-hmm. be able to kind of wrangle the cats, we'll call it, right? Because you also have that parent that says, and this happens in every setting, but that's my daughter. My daughter is special. I want special privilege. I can't believe you did that because she was breaking right. the rules, right? Or, or he was breaking, it doesn't matter if it's girl or boy, Right. They're breaking the rules. Privilege that shows up.
2: Sorry, parents have a hard time, didn't mean to but parents have a hard time sometimes accepting that. And so it, it's the
1: delivery. But they do though, right? But it's all about the delivery, right?
2: It's all about the delivery. It's not to be critical or make it personal, but just helping, again, navigate the waters of growing up and that you're an adult now, and there's expectations.
1: There's consequences for actions. I mean, it's not Animal House, and I'm not trying to paint Animal House. When we talk about how special it is, it's special in other ways, too, meaning you've got to have, and this goes back to your hiring, uh, when you guys are looking for the staff and that people component, these are very special, qualified, and I don't think you actually probably pay more for these types of people than you would at a normal multifamily location?
2: I think that's fair. You're looking for someone that has backbone, but also has the maturity to be able to partner with the parent, but also relate to the resident, the student. That's person that has a unique background or unique insight to their job every day. And so, yeah, definitely. And we haven't even talked about the the space itself and the seasonality and intensity of that part of the business. We have nine, 10 month window to lease the property up and then state the revenue for our client for a year. And so that's a very intense setting. So we've talked a lot about actually- Get one chance. One shot. Yeah, you do. And so we talked a lot about the day-to-day resident management, but there's also the heavy lift of the lease up. And so certainly our managers, we just kicked off. So we're in October. So we just kicked off the officially the leasing season for the 22-23 academic year. So you're already starting it now. We started it now. And I'll rewind back. I'll say the first day of the new leasing season really starts on move-in day you got to put your best foot forward on move-in day because that's when your parents are there and that's the resident's first impression. And so it really, the renewal season starts there and the leasing season. It affects your word of mouth. It affects your renewals. But we officially typically launch the season around the end of September, beginning of October, and that's where we're at now. And we already have numbers on the board. I know I
1: speak your language with that. Yeah, well, so I got to tell you, I'm going to give everybody full disclosure here on this podcast. So Corey just let go of his management company. We're not going to state their name, but he did a robust search. I interviewed probably three of the best companies in the business for student housing because we just came out of COVID and I realized some inadequacies I had in my current management solution that I was using. And I just didn't feel like they had the scope or the experience level needed to take me to the next level. And so we had never started, we usually started in February, right? Like that was our, the start. It's a breath of fresh air to say, oh, no, 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 Corey. Like the lease starts the day that you moved them in, by the way, so important, right? right? Because you're always selling at your property, Stacey, right? Whether you know it or not, you're selling something.
2: right? A, B, C, always be closing and sell to close. That's right.
1: But officially though, like now you're starting to say, okay, let's start securing next year's leases, right? And now at your big schools, this is very traditionally like, yeah, everybody knows this, right? I have a lot of what I call secondary and tertiary markets, schools that we own and operate out of. And that's really not been the case, but it should be. And so it's a breath of fresh air.
2: Yeah, we take the same approach, we know the velocity may look different in a tertiary a secondary market. And that's okay. We plan for that. And we set our goals around that. But you certain we don't have an expectation that we start any later. We just know that the velocity may look different. But it's an education piece, we can retrain markets that aren't accustomed to starting till later. There's a lot of shoe leather marketing that takes place the grassroots getting out and going where the students hang out and going to them. And then of course, you know, you partner that with your digital marketing. And that's how you create success.
1: So in that lease-up period, right, so how important, so let's talk about kind of maybe some of the things that happen behind the scenes or like what would people not know about the amount of work that goes into that, right? I think they'd be overwhelmed to see how many things go on if you pull back the curtain a little bit.
2: We look at things granularly here, a day by day thing. Because I and think you've heard me say this, but student housing—it's like dog years. You miss a day, you miss a week. And so we are monitoring the leasing sometimes down to the hour on our dashboards, but for sure by the day. At the end of the day, every site has to report back to us what their activity was for that day, and so that way we can monitor if we're on track to meet that. You just
1: gotta have a pulse, right? And you gotta be like, no, we're—it's we one chance, right? Yeah.
2: Some properties, you know, they may have they just may have to hit 10 or 15 leases a week to meet their goal and some have you know depending on the bed count some may need 40 leases a week mm-hmm. to meet their goal and so we have to break it down on a daily basis but yes you're right the our team members are dealing with the students, the residents themselves are dealing with the parents and making sure that everyone is comfortable with the decision. And so you have the paperwork piece and tracking yeah. all of that down with a young adult that doesn't understand the sense of urgency. And so it's all a training process. And again, it's almost like we're a surrogate And parent. that's
1: just to get the sign lease. So there's one piece of it. Get it signed. That's for right. next year. Okay. All right. Now we got that secured. But then there's a, still another process called the turn.
2: The turn, right. So I would say the industry average for resident retention is, you know, 35 or 40%. I will say at asset, we're hitting more of the 45, 50% just because we, those great resident programs that, that we just discussed. But so what that means is the other half of your property is moving out, you're in a perpetual lease up. And so the other half of the property moves out typically at the end of July. And so our teams have about a two-week period to turn all of those bed spaces for the non-renewals. And so it's a very intense process.
1: It is a very intense process. It actually starts a little bit early. You try to start getting in those units, those bedrooms. as We start start minimizing, can we do, what do we need? Like, let's start working on them now.
2: Right. So we actually, our turn process starts in the fourth quarter of the year prior. So the fourth quarter of this year, we will start walking all the units at winter break in December. And that's really when the turn plan starts. So we get an idea of what the units already look like from the few months of residents living in them. And we start formulating, this is what it looks like today. And then we'll walk them again at spring break. And then the plan comes a little bit clearer and we get our furniture orders in and we start looking at what type of supplies we need. And we really like to do that so that we can have great transparency and candid conversations with our clients as to what the true cost of their term is going to look like. And also the planning piece, the earlier you start, the more prepared you are. And so it's a very comprehensive process for us led by our facilities directors and our regional managers. There's a lot of involvement from all the disciplines
1: In that aspect, there is a lot more planning and a lot more strategic thinking over it. You know, because in the multifamily side, this is an every month thing. We're like, how many are? Is maybe we get sixty percent, sixty-five percent renewals, and we got to turn these four units. But we're talking about when you say a number like fifty percent or more in three, four weeks. That's a whole nother monster. That if you're not tactically planned, it'll break bad. Right,
2: and that's why we start early. So we, by the time July gets here, we know exactly how many teams we need to walk the units. We know exactly how many it's broken out yep. by day. We know by this day we're done with the walks, and this day the painters need to be done. in this day, the flooring people. And then, you know, the cleaning is typically the last piece, but it's a very methodical process. We've been doing it a long time, so we have all the tools, but it's still very laborious for yep. and intense for our teams. And so it's very important that the corporate leadership team-
1: And your team members know that too, on the staff, they understand like, so I think the one thing I love about student is it is very focused for that lease up period. And then if they do that work, it's so like, okay, we get that done. Then you get to do the fun activity coordination. Then you don't have to go find new leases per se. Now it's just focus on loving residents and doing all the other stuff. That I think that's what I love about students because I think, yeah, there's a real intense focus, but once you get it done, I don't call it coasting, but you can get room to actually have your head up and love on people.
2: You get a couple of weeks. I call it the dance. Moving day to me is the dance. You work hard. And if you do it well, you get to, enjoy the dance on move-in day and, you know, see the smiling faces and people settling in. And so you're right. Then you get to have a lot of fun resident activities. And then we kick off the season all over again before we know it.
1: Yeah. And then it's back on. <laughs>
2: it's back on.
1: So I yeah. got to ask you this question. What do you love about it?
2: I love the fast paced setting. I um, not to infer that my counterparts in the conventional or multifamily space aren't working hard because I know that they are. But I love the intensity, and I always love feeling like I have the wind behind my back pushing me rather than in my face, and that's what student housing, it feels like to me, is that I need to keep up, and I've always loved working in, in that kind of setting. And It
1: does keep you young, because you're dealing with the whole, it does keep what's going on with the students, because the one thing about trends, it's, it's way more faster for our spectrum, Right.
2: Right. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, you definitely have to keep up with the trends and that plays into the beginning when I said keeps you young. Anybody can do the math. If you've been doing this 30 years, you, know, you can do the math on my age, but I tell you what, having 18 to 23 year olds as your resident helps mitigate that.
0: Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing social security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room.
1: I don't know if we have TikTok accounts, but I know we have social media stuff that, like, it's a big thing and fun in the place, like, this is where we live in front of all all that demographic. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to reach them where they're at.
2: So speaking of TikTok, have, your daughter hasn't
1: made you do a TikTok no, dad, video she yet? she not ask dad for, for that kind of stuff.
2: Oh, gosh. Maybe Shelly, but
1: I've never been invited to be on any of my kids' social media platforms. The reason is because dad's dad, dad's podcast. They're like, no, 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 dad. We don't want you on our stuff. Just they don't want Fair me. Fair enough. No, <laughs> just no. <laughs> Shelly gets invited. I don't ever get those invites, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah,
2: she's pretty cool. I'm sure she yeah. does well.
1: So listen, I think we've kind of opened up this pretty good. It just, it really is different, right? I mean, that's the thing is the leasing window is entirely different. You've got a mass quad, you get Mm -hmm. one shot to do it, but it's a great product. I think it's a great responsibility too.
2: It's a great responsibility. And I know I've not to be repetitive. I've said this a few times, but it really is such an important time in a young person's life, it's a fun time for them too. It's For the most part, it's their their one time before the real world comes to have some fun, but also be responsible. And so their home and where they live in that environment, and that community, and that part of it that we serve is super important that we don't get it wrong. And so it's a great responsibility, but it's one that having on our (laughs) team too.
1: My wife was just talking about like, She goes, I was watching our daughter, and you see her kind of smiling internally, and you can see her thinking and envisioning this little life of big girl. It's different, (laughs) and they're starting to grow and and come into their space, and I think that's the same that a lot of parents feel like you work so hard to try to teach them and raise them, and now you're finally going to help them. Listen, most of the kids or parents are helping fund their living experience for college, right? and excited to do it. I'm excited to her to get to live and get this next chapter of growth. So I think that's where lots of parents feel the same way that I do. And we're gonna entrust, I think how parents think, they're entrusting their kid with this apartment community.
2: That's right. And even though your daughter is, I know I'm sure she's excited when mom and dad actually leave though, I will say they go through a few weeks of having to figure it out and start planning their routes. And that's why those first few weeks after move in and what we do and how we engage the residents are super important because homesick is a thing and it does kick in. They can't envision that yet. And so our team's helping to be there and and making sure that
1: first part is so critical, huh?
2: The first, I think it is, until they realize what they want to be involved in and how their classes are going, and what they need. And, oh, gosh, now I'm responsible for making my own meals. It's all the things that they don't envision that when reality sets in. And so that's why our, our teams have to be
1: yeah, so Yeah, I, I truly believe it. Well, listen, I want to thank you for your time and just kind of giving some insight. I really wanted to talk. We normally just talk about multifamily In general, here. So this was our first kind of, I think, episode that I've really focused on the student side of something that I'm passionate. I think 80% of my portfolio right now is in that student niche and and I love it. I think it's a great place to do. And for a couple of reasons too, and I just want to say this just for everybody's listening. If you look and you stack student on and compare it with, I think other asset classes, just like multifamily side, I think it stacks up better. That's just my personal opinion. When you have the right management company behind it, because it's all about that Lisa, but we're seeing trends. And right now, so everybody was wondering like COVID was the scare, right? Oh my God, what's going to happen? And how long is, are we going to be like the hotel industry that's still yeah. dogmired, right? We
2: rebounded the following like year. Almost immediately. Yeah, we did. I think what people found out is that even before it was clear, of classes were going to go back to being in-person or online, the students realized that they wanted to be on campus as best as they could, around even if it was a hybrid setting. Parents realized that they really didn't want their college children back at home, that the best place for them was in the campus setting. And so, in- that
1: desire to go out is still so strong today as it was tomorrow, as it will be, yeah, you know, going forward.
2: That's right. It's a very strong investment. And you're right, partnering with the right management team that sees your vision and
1: I just came back from a national multifamily or student housing associate. I don't know, Steven and uh, Jason was there, right? In Huntington <laughs> and Beach, And so they just through some uh-huh. of the macroeconomics. Yeah. It was just really fascinating to say, to really understand the numbers of how it stacks up, uh, really against the other asset classes. Mm-hmm. And even from a collection right. standpoint, like we kill it, right? Because mom and dad are personally guaranteed there yeah. are no collections or it's a very small line right. item.
2: Very small compared to the right, other asset exactly
1: classes. Right. And ninety five percent occupancy on average. Now these are probably more the tier one schools, right? But like still that's strong. It is strong. What about enrollment growth? Have you seen there, Stacy?
2: I see it rebounding. We're seeing increases in freshman classes and which is just- great it plays into you want that sector to grow because then you get them for four years so we're seeing recovery there too
1: i've even seen colleges i know we got a property that we're getting ready to buy that the college doesn't have enough housing and so they're contracting master leases they're trying to partner because they 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 have to have a solution
2: yeah no we see that more and more or
1: or they're limiting their solutions on student or on campus
2: Right, they're reducing yeah. the live-on requirements. So
1: that all plays right. well for the operator that's looking for. So I think there's lots of opportunities out there, especially, now this is what I learned just coming from this conference, and I'm going to spit this out. So the tier one schools, I'm talking the big D ones, like if you can name the football team, like that's where all the institutional money is going, right? So just stay away from all mm-hmm. those markets. Any other market, all the state schools, a lot of the state schools, a lot of those secondary markets the wall street money the crazy capital they're not going after those assets so i think there's a lots of opportunity right now for that type of building
2: yeah no i agree i think that best hold on to your hat because the next year or two is just it's yeah. going to be phenomenal cool.
1: stacy we'll wrap it up with this couple things number one, any books or anything that you're reading right now that you would like to share that comes to mind or something that's shaped you?
2: The Culture Code is a book that I recently read that probably plays into my colleague Jason's piece, but truly about creating an environment where your employees feel supported and safe and can champion or challenge the process. And things aren't status quo and feel confident doing that. So Cool. The culture code.
1: And any advice that you would give to either seasoned operators or new operators out there when they're looking at student, what would you tell them?
2: It's a fly trap. Once you get in, you don't want to get out. It sucks you in and it's definitely fast paced, but the idea of not being in that setting would be depressing. So once you get in, you'll never look back.
1: Awesome. Thank you for that. And last thing is if they want to learn more about asset living, where do they find your company?
2: assetliving.com. So just Google asset living and go to our website and it's really easy to reach out to us and contact us.
1: Awesome. Well, listen, guys, student living is a different case. It's a different little niche in the whole cash flow multifamily sector. I highly recommend it. I'm obviously really involved in it, but before you can even start guys, you got to make a decision. It is really important for you to say, I'm going to jump on, All in apartments whether it's multifamily or student I believe is the asset class it is the correct vision it's not the fix and flip mantra but you got to believe it you got to take the time and envision it and see your success because if you believe it you can achieve it and your paradise is absolutely possible